This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. A medicine. Use as directed. Keep out of reach of children. Hey, it's Jeff Calkins. You know when people ask if you have a good dentist to recommend? Well, I have a great dentist. It's Medi Sadegi at the Smile Center. I've been going to the Smile Center for years now. My three boys all go there, too. Medi is skilled, he's cheerful, and has always found time when emergencies arise. I honestly couldn't imagine a better dentistry practice than the Smile Center. It's where I send all my friends. So if you're looking for a great dentist, go where my family goes. The Smile Center is conveniently located in Germantown, or you can check them out online at SmileCenterMemphis.com. It's 2 p.m. in Memphis. Giannato and Jeffrey time. Get off the fence. Live on Memphis's sports station. 92.9 FM ESPN. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Giannato and Jeffrey show. We're coming to you live from Memphis, Tennessee. My name is Jeffrey Wright. You can follow me on Twitter on X at JWright929ESPN. Dennis Fuller's producing the program for us. Glad that he's with us. Sitting across from me is the Commercial Appeals lead sports columnist, the lead sports columnist of the number one sports section in the state of Tennessee. Top three sports columnists in the state of Tennessee, barely. Tied for eighth, best sports columnist in the United States of America. He's on Twitter, on X, at MGNato. Mark, good day, sir. It's a great day. Back in studio. First time in a while. Thank you. for uh, no, Thank you, actually. For weathering, yeah. Well, thank you for weathering uh, my absence here uh-huh. as I was on... Uh, Same ch- answer as always. I was on child care. Didn't have duty. a choice. Yeah, didn't have a choice, but I was on... Uh, it's good, it was good feeling dropping the kids off at school today. <laughs> Not going to lie. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, I have a love-hate relationship. I, I got no problem with my daycare. The daycare that we sent Josephine to, they have the real-time updated app. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And my wife just sits on it all day. Mm. I get a nice running commentary of all the things they're not doing right. Uh, well, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as long as, they, as, long as they're uh, keeping your child safe and loving on your so, child. At so, this age, that's all that matters. It's been great. Yeah. I have zero problems with it. Yeah. Well, it's good. To, it's good to be back in studio. Um, a lot going on. Is there? Yeah, we got NBA. We got college basketball. We got the end of the NFL season. We got. Well, for me, feels like a lot's going on with Michigan and the national. Championship Last night game. was the first night of a reminder of uh, the end is near. That that period of when football ends, mm-hmm. and then you're just watching. Tulsa, or no, what was it? FAU, FAU and Charlotte, 
No, sorry. ECU, right? FAU, ECU. And SMU, Charlotte. SMU, Charlotte. On one of the main ESPN channels. Mm -hmm. And then you had, like, North Carolina Pitt. Mm -hmm. And then Duke, Syracuse. It was just kind of, like, tough to, like, talk yourself into, like, oh, yeah. Well, the problem. Let's get jazzed up. The problem ESPN has now is that it lost the Big Ten for for bass college Which basketball. I presume is why we saw last night. So on last night, I believe it was on ESPN two where SMU and FAU hosted games. I think the problem is the SEC's not started league play yet, mm-hmm. and they've lost that Big Ten. Lost the Big Ten. Back. And then package. the other problem is the ACC is not as good as it was. Like no, even but they'll, like they'll, ACC was listen, down five but, or ten years but ago, but for, now it's even. They down. will force feed us some yes. ACC. Whether or not we won ACC basketball, we're getting ACC basketball. But like the reality is, UNC isn't what it was. Syracuse isn't what, what it was. About? Top Duke 10, isn't top ten UNC. I know, but they're not. Yeah, come on, and and Duke isn't what it was. Yeah, I just think the bigger problem with Duke is like Coach K is like the PR machine. Like they're still they're still good. Yeah, yeah they're good, but again, they, I think the problem is we don't care. Like Coach K, it was it's either. You're a Mark Giannato, and you're a Coach K defender, mm-hmm. or you're me, who just loved watching that guy die. Yeah, yeah. Well, interesting. You still got the Big East, and then, I mean, Peacock had that insane buzz. That, that Caitlin Clark buzzer beater was was pretty good I too. Say, last I didn't night. fire up the cock last night. Okay. Well, I didn't fire it up either. I just saw the highlight of the buzzer beater that Caitlin Clark hit, which was like a, you know, she pulled up from the logo, and it was, it was yeah, it was the shot of someone who is just a tr- like a straight baller. Like it was like a really impressive. Oh, Steph Curry! Shot. It was like yeah. when I when I cross half court, I'm in range. Yeah, yeah. and and it happening at the but now you saw once again why this whole peacock thing stinks. The peacock clock was like I'm watching the highlight. I go, she didn't get that off on time. Raising. Turns out the peacock clock mm-hmm. was not the graphics. The graphic yeah. was not in line with the actual clock in the arena. Like if you watch the highlight and just look at the scoreboard, mm-hmm. she clearly got it off in time. The the red hadn't gone off yet. But the if you watched it from the original angle, the side angle that you normally watch from, and you're just going by what the peacock clock mm-hmm. was, it looked like she didn't get it well, off in time. Listen, if there's if there's anyone I trust to get it right, it's Comcast. <laughs> they'll they'll figure it out. They'll spend the money to get it right. A little preview of that peacock only mm-hmm. playoff game oh, in a yeah. week and a half or so. Um, but yeah, no, it was. Uh, Mark, they gave us the fourth quarter exclusively. That was tremendous when they tried to sell us that uh, yeah. fourth quarter commercial free. Yeah, let's now go to the Toyota Tundra Studios mm-hmm. for this. You know, some bank that you've never heard of. Like, yeah, uh, we're, and timeout we, report. Yeah, here's here's Florian yeah. talking about the game. Uh, there's Chris. There's Chris Sims. Chris Sims. Yeah, yeah here's here's the younger yeah. Sims. Uh, well, here's Florio's sidekick. <laughs> Mike, Mike had stuff to do. Well, I'm glad to be back in the studio. We've got a lot going on on today's show. We'll play some buy, sell, short, or go to Reddit here to start with, uh, leading with uh, that game last night at FedEx Forum. Grizzlies get the win over John, uh, over uh, the San Antonio Spurs, but more importantly, John Morant gets the dunk over Victor Wembanyama. So we'll discuss that here in a second. 2.30 or so, David Cobb from CBSSports.com will join us. We'll talk. I'm sure the national championship game with him also get his thoughts on college hoops, what's been going on in that in whether it's Memphis or nationally. Um, three o'clock or so, we will get into the list. We got to discuss this uh, Aaron Rodgers, mm. Jimmy Kimmel, Pat McAfee brouhaha uh, that's been going on. 
Um, Rory McIlroy with a mea culpa today, I thought. Um, I don't know. Um, I don't know. And then uh, NFL Week 18, getting, getting a little spicy, Jeffrey. Mark, we're setting up not only the return of Carson Wentz. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to be going up against Sam Darnold. Wentz versus Darnold in, in the year 2024. If that doesn't get you ready for 2024, nothing can. Uh, this is what, yeah, this is why the New Year changed. And then we'll uh, we'll get you ready for tonight. The Grizzlies back in action tonight, second night of a back-to-back. They're playing the Raptors at FedEx Forum. Uh, 7 o'clock tip right here on 92.9 FM ESPN. We'll get you ready for it uh, to close today's show. But let's start with a little buy, sell, short, or go to Reddit. It's that time on 92.9's Giannato and Jeffrey Show, where we either buy, sell, short, or go to Reddit. I wanted to start with the Grizzlies, Jeffrey. They get the win last night over the Spurs. I believe it was 106-98. Yeah, that was, if you... If you hey, lay, great defense. Great defense, right? That's no, a, that, that was how, that no, was no, how no, Taylor no. Jenkins spun it. Great you, defense. Uh... Dez was pretty good post game too. Rotations were solid. Yeah, yeah great rotations. Defense. That was just good defense, yeah, Jeffrey. Rotation. That wasn't an ugly basketball game. That, that was great. That defense. was that was rotations were solid. That had nothing to do with really two horrible shooting teams. Um, I'm just for anyone out there that said I'm going to lay it with the Grizzlies. That was a tough beat. Mm. Up 14. Mm-hmm. Then you have the. Review of the Marcus Smart play that then gets turned into a flop. A flop technical. Yeah, yeah. then you had two, like... Cost him $10,000, might have cost a bunch correct. of people $10,000. Ja throws the ball away. At, like, they're trying to, like, hit Zaire. I wouldn't even necessarily... I'm going to figure out a way to blame Zaire. Mm. Just him being on the court resulted in a turnover. Mm. That led to another three. Like, it was... That was, uh, that was a beat you didn't deserve. Mm. The other three point... For um, Champagne or whatever, the guy whose name's clearly Champagne, but like he pronounced it weird, he got three free throws. That was, there were a lot of there were a lot of things late game that that were tough. I, I think the way I'd categorize that game was that was a win you needed, but let's not act like that was something that was a work of art. It yes. was. I'll tell you what was nice: the Grizzlies farted around. For a large chunk of the game, and then they turned it on in the fourth quarter. And you're like, okay, well, they can the still third do- quarter is when they really pulled away. Dez started hitting threes. He was like 0 for six in the first half. They it was they were it, you know I believe the Spurs drew within one, and then you're right. Dez scored like seven in a row to kind of yeah. or maybe the yeah the Spurs went up one briefly, like 51 50 to start the third quarter, and then uh, Dez scored seven in a row, and they kind of got rolling from there. Um, but the big moment everyone's talking about from the game was. Ja Morant's dunk on Victor Wembanyama down the stretch. And it was part of a sequence where Ja really just put the game away, ultimately. Um, and uh, I guess here's the buy, sell, sure to go to Reddit. Buy, sell, sure to go to Reddit. Ja Morant posterized Victor Wembanyama because apparently there's this has been in dispute a little bit. Um, if you watch the dunk, he did dunk over. Would you say he dunked over? Victor Wembanyama. I'd say he dunked around him. Dunked around or, him. Or, no, no, no. He dunked beside him. I'm going with... So, I'm going to I'm gonna leave this off. I'm buying that he posterized Victor Wembanyama. Because I've already seen... A posterization is, to me, means you can take a picture of it, and it looks like he is just dunking all up in his face. So and I've already so, seen pictures of it so where it looks like Ja Moran is dunking all up in his face. So, you counted when Ja... The the missed dunk over Anthony Davis. 
No, then, you got to complete the dunk. But that's the same. By your logic, there were those. We cannot deny. Yeah, but you the pictures of Ja with Anthony well, Davis. Then I need to like, clarify. That looks sick. The dunk, you can't have a poster dunk. A dunk is a completed dunk. It's not. That would be a poster near dunk or miss dunk. The problem is you're defining it as posterization. I'm going by here. I, I don't say, think you Mark, can count. I don't think you can count a posterization if you miss the dunk. You're a lot like the person that puts the photos on social media and has the right angle here. You're using the picture to be your. Now I will say this. I will. I will classify it with this. One, don't even think it's in the top five of John Morant's best dunks of all time. Not even close. Yeah, no. I can like off the top of my head go the Aaron Baines dunk his rookie year to win that game. Remember that, which mm-hmm. was kind of similar the one to this in Phoenix, one. Yeah. Um, the, Any of the Pirtle ones. Yeah, both Pirtle ones against the Spurs were better than this. The Indiana one last year was mm-hmm. better than this. And the Timberwolves won from the playoffs, which I think is maybe his best dunk. Remember at the end of the third quarter of that of game five, I want to say? Or maybe yeah. it was game two? I forget what it was, but know. it was at home. I'm just selling this in the sense of, like, he dunked. He got fouled. It was mm-hmm. an incredibly impressive play. I still thought the best part of the play was the crossover. The crossover was great. I, I, I frankly thought the layup right before it, where he switches hands in midair over Wembenyama, was more impressive. It going down. And I thought the alley-oop, one-handed alley-oop pass to Santi for the reverse jam right after it. Was I can good make too. the argument the most unlikely thing he did was make the three. <laughs> all in all, it was both a great dunk. And I think even beyond that, just an incredible sequence from John. No, there Moran. was like a two-minute stretch where it was just like, okay, here you go, ESPN. You don't even really need to look for the rest of the highlights. Yeah. Just, just show this. This wasn't stretch what here. won them the game, but this is what you're going to show. Yeah. This is what clinched the game here for them, go. but this is not what won them the game. And I and I think ultimately it was more symbolic than anything because it was six foot two, jump out of the gym, John Morant dunking over seven foot four phenom Victor Wembanyama. That's what made it. A special dunk. The characters involved more so than the actual dunk, right? Yeah, but that's the problem with saying it's a posterization. Mm-hmm. Like you just threw out every qualifier that basically says, "Okay, I don't really believe this was a posterization." No, I don't. Do, I just don't believe it was like one of Jaw's great dunks. I do think he posterized Victor Wembanyama. I think. I think he beat him. Like it was mm-hmm. off the dribble. Like to me, it was the crossover getting to the side of the rim. But like, by the way, every time you watch the Spurs, like, what are they? What is Popovich doing? Not having a point guard on their team, cashing checks, <laughs> like it's very expensive ones. Like Victor Wembanyama, like last night, he was great in the first quarter. I thought, and then was kind of meh the rest of the game. He had that really impressive three point floater from like twenty five. Yeah, but feet. that was lucky. It hit the back rim and like what bounced in. Just perfect spin, and he was not great the rest of the game. But I think as you watch him play, you are like. Gosh, if he just had like a good point guard who could throw, you know, who could like set him up better, he'd be he'd be like I mean, I think exponentially better right now and he's going to get better I think just naturally. It, it seems to me the strategy is we have gotten a generational type talent. We are going to be bad so that we can try to surround him with his best players as we yeah. can around his age. But I I'm with you. Like that team makes no sense. Yes. I mean Well, I mean, I guess that makes perfect sense in the sense of if you're trying to lose. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I guess, but uh, regardless, Grizzlies got a nice win. They we said I said it yesterday. I, I think 
both last night and tonight. Like, if you're if you're thinking we're going to dig ourselves out of this hole and get to the playoffs, like, it doesn't matter that it's the second night of a back-to-back tonight and the Raptors didn't play last night. Like, See, I actually think tonight's more important because, mm-hmm. I mean, in the sense with the, the Spurs, like... Like, you better be beating the, yeah, the crappy Spurs, yeah. But what, if you're going... At home. To, if the theory is what you're... If the objective is what you're saying, which is get back in it... Yeah. You've got to start winning some of these coin flip games. Yeah. And this game is a one, one-and-a-half point line. Mm-hmm. And, firstly, you've not really been very good at home. Yep. And so you got to start. I was, what, the third home win of the year? I think, yeah, I think that was number three. You got to mm-hmm. start winning some of these games. Like, that's why I think, like, tonight is, mm-hmm. tonight is way more important than last night if the objective is what you're talking about. And we'll get into it. They'll be a little more shorthanded uh, tonight than they were last night. Um, we'll get into it next hour. So, so we're officially going, you don't think that was a posterization, and I do. I do not think it was a posterization. I think it was a sick play, though. Yeah. I, again, I still contend. I thought the best part of the play. You know what? Was the another? one thing that supports your cause is that Wembenyama didn't jump. Yeah, he did. Actually, it should have been an and one. It should have been an and one. I said he got fouled. Yeah. I think. I think. To me, the thing that was impressive about it is a the move to the basket was incredible, and then to actually finish the play. And then I did like how Ja like was downplaying it after the game. It's like, John, we saw your reaction. Like, you loved it. Just, I kind of wished you would have just embraced Yeah, I was gunning for him, and I got him. Yeah, I'm with you, but I also acknowledge, like... He did say this was a late Christmas gift. Like, the, yeah, this is what everyone he did wanted. A, he and, did a little play on both sides there. Yeah. Um, call it a late Christmas gift. Well, he also said, like, his dad would call it a hard layup, which I think supports my claim. Mm, yeah, yeah. It's a firm layup. Because we've seen him get up higher than on that one. Yeah, the angle was a lot tougher. Like, usually when he gets up higher, he's straight on. When he was going, like, full speed, he was having to, A, he had to get around him. Well, Annie, it was, you see with Ja, one of the things that makes Ja a unique dumper, dunker, not dumper, dunker. (laughs) Really, I've been spending a lot of time in the locker room. is uh, Is that a lot of his dunks he does off two feet, and that was a two footed dunk. Um, you know, a lot of great dunkers usually are their best when they go off one foot. And Job, ja, you look historically, a lot of times he's challenging himself. Is a two foot dunker. Um, so I, I don't know. It was an impressive play, and I will say the other part of it that was encouraging is like we well, also hold on the we forgot like the whole his reaction yes. immediately afterwards, yes. which tapping his head and. What was it? He slaps the yeah. Hank swings from the rim violently, slaps the backboard, yells at his crew sitting courtside, and then taps his head coming down court. Yeah, yeah. No, it, while by the way, while the Spurs were on a fast break. Yeah, no, it it was he he wanted that yeah. and he got it, and yeah. it was good to see. It was good to see from the sense that like he as Brevin kind of put it on the broadcast, like teams been missing a little pop the last three games since he got sick. Like, they got the burst those first four games when he came back. Then he got sick, and you could tell it, it slowed him down a little bit. And doing doing what he did in the fir- fourth quarter suggested to me, okay, he's, like, getting over whatever illness he had. I don't know. I guess the other thing for me is it's also a reminder of not every game in an 82-game season is part of the grand narrative. Yeah. Sometimes it's like a one-off entertainment, mm-hmm. piece of entertainment. That was entertaining. Yeah, the rest of the game wasn't really no, entertaining. That was a slog, but that like made it worth it. Yes. Yeah. 
that 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 sequence, not yes. even just the dunk, the no, whole the two sequence. minutes, the the alley oop, the three, all of it, yeah. the layup. Yeah, no, it was uh, it was good. Nice win for. It, listen, any win is good for this team at this point. I don't care what they look like. Um, and so. Uh, we'll see what they do tonight against the Raptors. We'll get into it more next hour. All right, I got another buy, sell, sure, go to Reddit for you. Actually, should we do a – we got some breaking news, Jeffrey. Mm. Um, should we do a Memphis football breaking news, buy, sell, sure, to go to Reddit? Sure. Okay. So the breaking news is Memphis football, Ryan Silverfield has just announced they have promoted Jordan Hankins to defensive coordinator. So Jordan Hankins, who was the linebackers coach this season – but served as the interim defensive coordinator in the bowl game last week. Obviously held Iowa State to zero rushing yards, um, playing a 3-5-3 defense uh, in that game. Um, Obviously it ended up being basically an audition, Um, and now Ryan Silverfield has promoted him. So buy, sell, sure to go to Reddit. Smart move by Ryan Silverfield to uh, elevate or promote Jordan Hankins to defensive coordinator. I'll buy it, and here's why I'll buy it. I'm not really someone that loves making a knee-jerk reaction based on one game. Mm -hmm. But it seemed obvious to me that considering the quality of opponent and considering how they looked, that was the best defensive performance of the year. And I'm now, like, I'm of the mind that at Memphis... I believe defense in general is more size, speed. It's it's a dude's proposition more than anything. Mm-hmm. But if you've got a guy that does something a little different and presents a little different challenge, and that's something a three five three is not something you see a ton in college football. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the that could give you something. It also tells me that the some of the, probably the other targets, the other targets were probably swings and misses, and now you've got a guy right here. They played hard. They he put together a pretty darn good game plan. Well, and the reality is, during the season, the best group of players on that defense were the linebackers: Chandler Martin, Jeffrey Canton, Arku. Yeah, I could make the argument that that's a personnel thing. You know, see what I'm saying? Like, I don't know if that's a coaching thing necessarily, but yes, I. I, Well, he does have some defensive coordinator experience. He was the D coordinator at UT Martin. From 2017 to 19, so F- he was an FCS defensive coordinator. He's been the linebackers coach here now four years. Um, seems, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna buy this. I, I think ultimately, what Jordan Hankins di- did, what he pulled off in that bowl game, kind of put Ryan in a no lose situation. Either he goes and gets someone from outside who's well regarded, or he had this basically a backup plan that was gonna go over well. You know, ultimately, because of what happened in that bowl game, yeah. right? Like, um, now the question is: Was that three-five-three defense like the defense he's going to run, or is that just something he put in for the Iowa State game? That's uh, the question I have. And if it is, my guess is, no one runs specifically one like this is mm-hmm. what we. I guess Iowa. Does. Like, basically, I, what's I, it going to be like know. when teams actually know what defense he's running? You know, moving forward, like it was very clear. Like you, you well, said that, it. That is a Iowa State is, did not know what that what they were doing, and it was a defense very clear. They basically sold. They said, "If we're going to lose this design, game, this guy's going to throw it on us, and that's it." It's a defense designed to stop the run, mm-hmm. and so, and it should be noted that Iowa State quarterback did like set an Iowa State bowl record for passing yards. Now, 
again, it was kind of like a bend don't break type of thing. They didn't. Well, they were daring them. I think. I think the game plan was smart. Yes, it was daring them. If you're going to beat us, you're going to beat us throwing the football, which is what they don't want to do. Does that mean that that's going to be the game plan that you run against uh, North Texas? I don't. I would suspect not. I don't imagine you're going to have five linebackers on the field against North Texas. But Mm -hmm. I don't. To me, to me, this hire makes as much sense as you could. I don't think this is something where I would sit there and nitpick. Like, yeah, that makes no. sense. After, especially, I mean, after the way they looked in the bowl game, it, it seems fine to me. You know, like it's like okay, cool. Again, I content. I I still say from the beginning, I don't necessarily think like the defense struggling last year mm-hmm. is a coordinator problem. Mm-hmm. Like, the defense has struggled under multiple coordinators. Yeah, I think it's usually it's a it's hard to get really good defenses in this league. It just is. Yeah. Now they and they have done some, you know, like we've talked about the running back from South Carolina they got out of the portal, but they I believe they got a linebacker from Arkansas State who was like one of Arkansas State's leading tacklers this past season uh out of the portal already. They've gotten some D linemen both from the JUCO and the portal uh thus far. So, cuz they do lose a decent amount on defense. Now, again, I don't know if anyone's really that worried about it cuz it's like you lose a decent amount from a defense that wasn't very good. Um, yeah, they did, I feel like, lose their best players, though. Not Chandler Martin. Chandler Martin was their best player on defense, and he's back. Yeah, it's, okay, so we got one. Yeah, you got one. And then, um, and then, uh, well, and then the, what's the, Josh Ellison, I think he's back, too. He was really good for them on the D-line. Um, but, yeah, we'll see, uh, it'll be interesting. But Jordan Hankins, your new full-time Defensive coordinator for the Memphis football team after a uh, superb performance in the interim role in the AutoZone Liberty Bowl just announced by the University of Memphis football team. All right, let's switch. Let's switch and go to Memphis basketball here. They play tomorrow night, first conference game, Jeffrey uh, at Tulsa on the road. Uh, Penny said on his radio show last night, "New this is a new Tulsa. This is not the Tulsa of last year. They brought in some decent transfers." In Penny's mind, um, I haven't looked at what they've done this season much. They are currently nine and three, but 180 in Ken Palm. Um, they have their best win of the season thus far is over Missouri State. Um, okay. They've lost the only team kind of with a pulse. The only team in the Ken Palm top 100 that they've played is Oklahoma State, and they lost by 15 okay. on a neutral court. Um, so they haven't, they have not played anyone the likes of Memphis, but they are nine and three. Um, and we are coming off of very clearly two of Memphis's, you know, subpar performances this year against Van, you know, they do, they won, but they, you know, against Vanderbilt and then especially against Austin P just what didn't quite look like the team that stormed through all those tough non-conference games, uh, there for a minute. Um, so here's my buy sell sure to go to Reddit for you. I'm not we're not gonna go record here or anything like that. That's you know, like but here's here's my buy sell sure to go to Reddit. Memphis is going to play more games like the past two than not the rest of the way. So there's gonna be more games. They've got eighteen regular season games left, the conference games. More than half of those are gonna feel like the last two, where you're like, Memphis is like whatever, if you want to call it playing down to the competition, they're in a close game against a team you expect them to win. Yeah. Expect expect them to beat. I'm selling this. 
I think it was pretty predictable what actually ended mm-hmm. up happening. Yep. We see it they far weren't. too often. Whenever kids go, when kids leave campus, it's like that. Those there's a reason why coaches don't schedule big games typically. Then, mm-hmm. yeah, and they're coming off this high of beating right. back to back to back. You had to get up for back to back to back. Listen, ranked it was opponents. not. I understand in the totality of the performance that you could make the argument this is a spin zone, but I actually believe this. They didn't lose the Vanderbilt game, and no. that was one of those. Like, that is a game that we have seen multiple times where Memphis, under Penny Hardaway, loses that type of game. Mm -hmm. They did not lose it. So I do acknowledge that. Like, the fact that you could play, at best, what, your C-minus game? Yeah. And still win? Against, you know, Vanderbilt came out. Like, that was clearly Vanderbilt had made that, you know, game of the year. The Austin P game... I don't know. Like at a certain point, you're you're just kind of like, all right, let's just get through this and get to conference play. I'm not saying that they won't have a game where you believe that you know they play down to their opponent because we've talked about it. They're going to be in the unfortunate situation of more times than not, they're going to be the team that everyone's gearing up for, mm-hmm. and so you're going to get their best shot. So do I think that that means that they're not going to have some uncomfortable close games against teams that you probably think that they should be blowing out? I'm not saying that. I still just think that that was kind of predictable. So if you go by Ken Palm, over these 18 games, they think, you want to go by single, how many games that Ken Palm thinks will be decided by single digits? All right, so Sunday? Yes, they think the SMU game is a single-digit win for the Tigers. They think at Wichita State is a single-digit win for which for the Tigers. Um at Tulane, they have as a single-digit win for Memphis. Um, at North Texas, they have as a single-digit win for Memphis. At SMU is currently a one-point loss. At or excuse me, home against FAU is a one-point win. At ECU is a ten-point loss. That's still double digits. And then at FAU is a single-digit loss, according to Ken Palm. So Ken Palm is basically saying one, two, three. I think I counted seven. Four, five, You kind of threw me off in the middle where you started naming games yeah. and you realized that wasn't a single-digit. Yeah, so. seven. You're right. Seven is correct. So they, they think seven of these 18 games remaining will be single-digit type of games, which would, you know, kind of fall in that category. Right? Wouldn't you agree, like... Single, I mean, against Florida Atlantic, if you won by seven, that's a good win. Like, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's a little, if you win, you know, so I think I'm going to sell this too. Because I think, I think this Memphis team's good. Like, I do think there's going to be more games like these next two. I don't think there's going to be nine of them like that, right? Isn't that kind of where you're at? Like, I, I could see like four. Well, well, I think there's going to be point, some dicey games here on the point, road. Trust your eyes. Yeah. What have we seen more of? Memphis playing well? Mm-hmm. Or Memphis playing like that? Yeah, it's it. The only thing that throws me off is they only played three bye games <laughs> the entire non-conference play, and so it was. It's much. E- it's just much easier to get up to play Texas A and M and Clemson and Virginia. Whereas you know, I, I expect we're going to see a great performance at Tulsa. I think they will. 
I don't think I, I personally don't think they're going to look bad like they did against Austin P. And I said yesterday that would kind of raise my antenna if they look bad at Tulsa. But like, you know, are they going to have a tough game at Wichita State in a couple weeks or like in eleven days? Like I could see that. You know, like right. That's not an easy place to play. Maybe, but you know, historically, Penny's been able to get them up for that game. Yeah, no, that's true. Um, they've got you know at Tulane. That's always like always been it's a been tough a place. Tonight. For them to play under Penny. Well, it, was, it was tough everywhere last year. At UAB. Like, they have at Tulane and at UAB back-to-back a week apart. Like, my gut tells me at least one of those games is going to be a tough one. Like, where you're going to have to dig down deep late to win it. Because yeah, it's just I mean, hard to win on the road. Another aspect of it for me is they were also introducing brand-new player. Yep. Well, and the other interesting thing is what Penny said on his radio show last night, which is that thus far, as of yesterday... Neither David Jones or Caleb Mills has practiced mm-hmm. since the Austin P game. Um, David Jones because he's sick, and Caleb Mills because of I guess it's, I think it's a hip injury. Well, I think isn't Caleb sick too? Yeah, but I think this is because of a hip yeah. thing that he's dealing with. So their availability for tomorrow is kind of up in the air, and especially if, like, David Jones is not playing tomorrow. I, I haven't heard any indication of that. But Have you seen this? What? UAB, due to logistics issues, their game has been postponed. Would their flight get delayed or something? So due to the team, due to travel issues with men's basketball team returning from San Antonio, mm-hmm. the first Blazers sports line of basketball season has been moved to Thursday. So I guess they were scheduled to appear tonight. I think that's just for oh, an appearance. They okay. don't play again until Sunday. Yeah, so, that would, that made okay. Yeah, but so I'm 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 selling this like you though because I think this team's too good to have nine close games in this league. Yeah, like <laughs> I, now the bigger the bigger question I guess that everyone's talking about is is what does their record need to be in conference play to maintain uh, where I, they are. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm if, bored by that conversation. Well, it's not just... Because here's the deal. Here's what I'm more interested in. Here's what I think actually matters. Mm-hmm. Whenever we get... It's usually like in a couple of weeks. Whenever we get it's like that... beginning of February. It's like CBS will do, before their Saturday games of mm-hmm. their wall-to-wall basketball, they'll do like a, here's the selection committee's top 16. Because the selection mm-hmm. committee does give you... More, like, if you look yeah. at it, like, it tracks. Mm-hmm. If we start getting in... And Memphis is... Memphis has played consistently, and they're not in that. Then I'm starting to worry. But, like, I've seen Houston lose at East Carolina and still get a two-seat. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I just – Well, if you, if you track it over time, in tw- the pandemic year, 2020-2021, Houston went 14-3 and in league play and got a two-seed. Now – they went undefeated and not remember that was that weird year, you know, it was yeah. like the weird, it was the abbreviated year. Um, not the one where they canceled the NCAA tournament, but the next year when it was the year where it was played all in Indianapolis. Yes. Um, they got a two seed that year. The past couple years, I believe they went 17 and one in league play and maybe uh 16 and two, something like that. I do think especially given the league isn't quite as good as it was the past few years when Houston was in it. I do think if you lose more than three league games, you, you're probably not getting a four top four seed. I mean, I, I don't know. But like, it all I, depends on I, what the losses are. Because that's it a, also depends on who else has losses. What does everyone else's resume look like? Like, the reality is everyone keeps trying to do the 
this is a formula. It's not. A formula matters, but it really, Mm -hmm. here's how it works. They come in and they write names down on a list and Mm -hmm. they create a ranking. I believe right now Lenardi has them as a four seed. The number two four seed right now is what Lenardi has them at. But um, I still think they have to go 15 and three or better. I think 14 and four would put you in danger of being like a six or six seed or something like that. I mean, maybe. What if, what if it turns out you and I are wrong about our eyes about SMU and that SMU just goes on a run? Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I guess. Maybe. Um, you know, Tulane's low in the metrics, but they've actually been okay. They got blown out by typically Mississippi what, State. Typically, what matters more than anything is like, if they're 14 and four and they win the league, mm-hmm. I'm not worried about those four losses. Like typically that's what matters is like where did they finish in their league? Maybe, but it, like again, it also depends on what the losses are. If the losses are like at SMU, at Wichita, you lose one of the Fort Atlantic games. Okay, but you see why I get bored by the, the yeah. record conversation? We mm-hmm. don't know what the picture looks like. Yeah. No, like, no, no. no. You're telling, Whereas if you lose to like Rice or UTSA like at home, that's a disaster. And, one of those sixteen and two years, one of those sixteen and two years for Houston. Remember that was the year where like the whole league was just you had it was like Houston, Memphis, Tulane like, was kind of scratchy in there. If you look at the last couple of years, Houston lost last year. They only lost they lost a home game to Temple. That's it in conference play. In 21-22, um, when they made the final, that was the final four year, right? Yes. Um, that was, they lost at ECU. Yes, they lost. I think they lost two No, games. no, they lost, that That was the year before that they lost. The, la, that year they lost at SMU and to Memphis twice. Remember they lost, Memphis swept them in the regular season and they beat Memphis in the conference championship game. That was a penny, the first year Penny made the NCAA tournament. Um, and then it was the pandemic year, 2020-21, where they lost at Tulsa, at ECU, and at Wichita State and still got a two-seed. Um, but they went undefeated in non-conference play that year, albeit a, yeah, an abbreviated non-conference The other thing play. is Memphis is going to get rewarded for their non-con. I hope so. Because I, I will typically say, they get they were if you try to schedule you get rewarded for that. I just I hope A and M and UVA, Clemson those teams hold up their end of the bargain. Well, like tonight, big Clemson goes to Miami. Like yeah. that's kind of like you need Clemson to look. You need Clemson to be like a top three ACC yeah. team, so you can so that because that win so that win's going to hold up. But you want it that's going to end up being probably the marquee win right of the non conference schedule, maybe at A and M. That are at A and M, but like A and M's kind. A and M looks like a tournament team, but they don't look like yeah, but class they, of the SEC type. of Yeah, team. but they, this was exactly what they were last year. That's that's true, and they got basically the same team. So interesting, interesting stuff. Um, all right, I'm gonna, let's save the Michigan talk and the national championship talk for David Cobb because um, I want to hear his thoughts on this national championship game, Michigan Washington. Also, get his thoughts on college basketball. He works for CBS Sports. He's going to join us next. You're listening. To Giannato and Jeffrey on 92.9 FM. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. 
Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. David Cobb writes about college football and college basketball for CBS Sports. Kind enough to join us each and every Wednesday on the program. Go follow him on Twitter on X at David W. Cobb. Cobb, buy or sell. Michigan didn't want to have to steal signs. They were forced into stealing signs because everyone else was stealing their signs. Yeah, I'm selling hard. <laughs> what a ridiculous uh, statement. Because, okay, okay, maybe you want, to, you want to steal signs because other teams are doing it. Okay, I, I can maybe I can buy that. But I can't buy that you have a secret agent on your staff who is uh, alleged, alleged, mm. David. It's not alleged. He literally yeah, got they, fired. Did y'all see? He, he resigned. Excuse pressure. you. Correct. He, excuse me. He fell on his sword. He resigned because he didn't want to be a distraction Turned for a potential uniform. national championship team. Did y'all see he was at their game the other day? Yes, he was. I love how ever I was telling Mark this because Calkins asked me, can you believe he was there? Yeah. Yeah, I can. The guy that went into, like, created, like, a scouting network of sign stealing, yeah, that feels like a guy that's going to show up to the Rose Bowl. kind of wish he was at the Sugar Bowl. Little, you know, uh, well, again, I think he got to kill the paper trail. I know. You know what I, I mean? Know, like, I know. Yeah. He had a, a, a probably had an unnamed Division three coach there on his Yeah, no, that's, that, uh, that's to throw the scent off. Yeah. He, don't worry. <laughs> he was at the Rose the op- Bowl. The operation was still going. He was... He was at the Rose Bowl to make sure that the, no one could the, question him. The only problem with what J.J. McCarthy said today, and what he said today was, uh, the, the quote is, um, essentially, he said, eight, what, in his mind, 80% of college football was stealing signs legally, including Ohio State. And in tw- par- partially what Michigan did was they had to catch up. And then he said Ohio State was doing it legally, and Michigan just had to catch up. You know, to to what Ohio State was doing. The only problem is, like, I'm having trouble buying that if 80 percent of college football was doing it already, that Michigan wasn't already one of the 80 percent. Yeah, and 80 percent doing it to you the guys. Y'all gotta you gotta love this though. He's essentially doing the move we all did in college, where you know, if he started before, if he started before Labor Day, and you're like, all right, this is the period where I haven't done anything for two weeks. 
I got to get caught up on this three day weekend. So they had to cram. Like they basically they were just cramming. That's what they're saying they were doing. They mm-hmm. had to they had to cram to get caught up with well, everyone. They were doing it the legal way. We had to get up to the level they were at and make it an even playing field. It sucks because we do work our butts off. We do watch so much film and look for the little tendencies. Spend like 10, 15 minutes on one clip alone just looking at all the little details of the posture of the linebackers at the DN, little stuff like that, where it's like, okay, you can say it's all sign stealing, but, you know, there's a lot more that goes into play, a lot of work that gets masked just because of the outside perception of what sign stealing is all about. That's good, That's good work by J.J. McCarthy. That's good work. Oh, my God. I will say this, though. They had to adapt. Have you, have you talked yourself into who's winning one way or the other? I've, I have gone. I have flipped on this no fewer than ten times. I'm pretty firm in the Michigan camp and, and mm. picked them against the, against the spread as well. I mean, forget the sign-stealing stuff. They're just the most dominant team in college football, and that has proven to be the case even after – the the scandal, which completely like stole the spotlight of this season from Michigan. The fact that I mean Jim Harbaugh combined suspension for six games beginning of the season, end of the regular season. Performance bonuses still kicked in though. Yeah, right. <laughs> still got, got those bonuses well, for the win. In the contract negotiation, they're going to make sure that he's happy. <laughs> yeah, and then you look at Washington: ten straight victories of ten points or less. That's incredible. It's to their credit. But it doesn't matter how anymore. good you are. If you're like a D one, if you're like a D one, like top what fifty team, like they're just going to play you to a one score game. Like it's unbelievable. It is, but I think in the end, though, Michigan is uh, is more dominant. Michigan's a different beast than what Washington and that offense have had to face this year. There's not a defense that Washington has played this season that's even well, close to the level of Michigan's defense. Well, and I'll be to be fair to them. I don't think there's an offense Michigan has faced that's close to this offense either. Like, Ohio State sort of had the skill position guys that this Washington team has, but it didn't have the quarterback this Washington. I mean, you know, Penix is, I think, the best quarterback in the country this year. Second. And second? Yeah. Who do you think? Caleb? No, the best quarterback was, Jay, was still Daniels. Yeah, I guess that's probably right. Yeah, people are, there's a lot of reasons about Penix had a good solid month and a half where he was pretty pedestrian. Yeah, that's, I, I, I'm willing to accept that. Um, but, I think it's it's all going to – like, the key to this game is, like, can Washington stop or slow down Michigan's run game? Because if Michigan can run the ball, they're going to just – they're just going to eat up the clock. That's what they're yeah, going right. to do. Well, the statistical underpinnings of Washington's defense are a little suspect. Like, they've come up with the big stops in the key moments uh, when they've needed to this season, but – on a down-to-down basis, statistically speaking, they're not even in the same neighborhood as Michigan defensively. So I do think Blake Corum can get loose a little bit here, and that's why I think Michigan mm. covers the spread because I think in the second half they put the ball on the ground, they keep the ball out of Washington's hands, and Blake Corum uh, goes for 185 yards or something, and, and that's all she and, wrote. And the truth is Michigan does have – Two NFL cornerbacks. Like, Mike Sandra still is going to be a first-round pick yeah, this you, year. But you need three. No, I know. No, that's fair. And and Will Johnson's going to be a first-round pick next year at cornerback. So, but you're right. They have three great – they have they three, three NFL, NFL receivers. wide receivers. So how Michigan does, you know, in the secondary will di- dictate a lot. But I think it's a great clash in styles for a championship I game. I think to Cobb's point, I think Washington clearly showed that they were better than Texas – but I also think Texas got away from running the football where I think they were having a lot of success. There's one thing I know that Michigan's not going to get away from. They are not going to be afraid to establish the run. No. 
no, not at all. And, and the way Blake Horam helped put that game away the other night was impressive. It was vintage. Oh, we were yeah. talking about it in my group chat. I think Corum is going to go down as maybe a top five Michigan football player ever. He has scored, especially really? if he has a big championship game. I mean, he would. He there's a decent chance he's first or second in the Heisman race last year if he doesn't get hurt. He had the decisive touchdown in the Penn State game, in the Ohio State game, and now in the college football playoff semifinal game. The yeah, fact but he, that he didn't he had great touchdown numbers this year. Oh no no no, it's not. I but, watched a ton of Michigan football this year. But that's not why he's. T- but if they go undefeated and win a national championship, and he's kind of the face of it, that mm-hmm. that that's part of it. Like, and to your point, like I wouldn't put him ahead of any of the Heisman winners Michigan has had, like Charles like, Woodson, I don't even put against Tom Harmon. Eh, I don't know what it. Mike like, Hart, who Mike Mike Hart didn't win anything though. He, he won like a Big Ten title. That's it. I don't know. He never won a big. He never beat Ohio I think he State. Won a, he won a share of a Big Ten no, title. They never, lost. They lost to Ohio State. I think that. Yeah, was he never beat Ohio State. No, like it, it's about as Bo Schembechler said. The team, the team, the team, Jeffrey. Mm-hmm. But with, I, I, with, I think with Corum. I mean, with Corum, it's about the intangibles. The fact that he's always the one you see on the field giving the the emotional post game interview. Or is He also I mean it's not just that. He set the school record for touchdowns with that touchdown in overtime the other day. Yeah, um, but that's also that. like how many games did he play? Uh, it this is going to go if they win the national title, this will go down as good as any this will be as good as any era of Michigan football ever and maybe the best these 3 years right here. And uh, him, it's like part. It's partially how he plays, and it's also partially like he's becoming like a legend. And again, I wouldn't put him ahead of like Desmond, like Charles Woodson, Desmond Howard, and Tom Harmon have won the Heisman for Michigan. I wouldn't put him ahead of any of them. But you know, well, you did have the greatest quarterback of all time and make him split time with. Yeah, Drew but that's, um, it's about this is about mm-hmm. as yeah, as nah. even Jim Harbaugh said, yeah. like Tom Brady is a better quarterback than JJ McCarthy, but like Tom Brady's college career. Was he? He essentially wasn't the starter till the last ten games of his career. And again, shout out to Lloyd. Yes, again, that shout was out to not Lloyd. necessarily the best decision, but um, that's just the reality of it. Um, and then you've got like, oh, I've got a take. Is JJ McCarthy just new Brian Greasy? Brian Greasy uh, couldn't not, run. I know that's something, but I'm saying like modern because you got to be more athletic to play quarterback. Like Brian Greasy didn't have to. He didn't play in an era where you had. To be, I'll say this: if JJ McCarthy has the pro career Brian Greasy had, I'll be surprised. Brian Greasy was like a decent pro for a minute. Cobb, am I insane? I just like he. Okay, he was not as bad as Milrow. Awesome, but I was just the whole time sitting there going like, man, if this comes down to who do I believe has to make a throw, Penix or McCarthy, I know who I'm betting on. Yeah. Yeah, the very first series of the game, J.J. McCarthy yeah, was just bailed a, out. I was in a panic because I, I went I went all in on Michigan. I just believe like if you're going to bet against Bama, you got you got to put you can't you can't dip your toe in. You have to you have to put your ski poles out. And on that first play, like I was ready to just like crawl into a hole. Yeah, uh, totally unimpressive. Is J.J. McCarthy the ultimate system quarterback? I think that's uh, well, uh, no, a. Well, my right, buddy texted. They put that graphic up. What Mark? What's his record? As a starter, it's like twenty four and one. Two, he's got two losses, just the two playoff games. No, no, but as a starter, the playoff game was, was McNamara. Mac, the first playoff. Oh, game. you're right. Yes, then just one loss. Correct. Yes. So they, they flashed his record up. It was like twenty three and one as a starter, one comeback victory. 
that is the ins- Illinois game that in 2022. That was insane yeah. to read. And it was only a, yeah, it, it was like, it was only a seven point comeback. Uh, yeah, like, it was <laughs> yeah. like no, didn't like they kick a field goal at the buzzer? Yeah, but they were down okay. seven. Yeah, they were down. They were down a score to Illinois. That was unbelievable. But that just like, again speaks to like this, if they win this title, this will go down as like a truly dominant era for a program. Um, not as good as Georgia, I don't think. But well, by it, Michigan, it would solidify that Michigan's. Uh, I can inf- I can offend both of you here. Mm. Michigan is Midwest Tennessee, a decade of dominance with one national title. <laughs> <laughs> As a Tennessee alum, I will take being compared to Michigan any day. Yeah, but I, it's 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 a big moment. I'm gonna I'm going I'm going to Houston on Monday. He's got is literally like 20 hours in Houston. I'm going for 20 hours in Houston. I gotta be there. I gotta I gotta be at this game. I mean, I missed. I didn't go to the Ohio State game this year. Didn't go to the Rose Bowl. Like I gotta be. I mean, and I'm will. You know. They could lose, and it would be a little, you know, it would be, but I still think it would be worth it. I, I think I'd regret not being there if I'm not there. Yeah, you know, and, and you'll have all the memories so that when the NCAA takes it, it takes it away in a few years. Doesn't this feel like a Kansas pictures. spot, though, where we think the NCAA is going to do it? Like, remember when Kansas won that title? Like, oh, it's okay, it'll be vacated. And Kansas ended up just getting, what, a, like a volleyball scholarship taken away? Well, and the other thing yeah. is, it doesn't it, like, kind of add, like, I mean, Memphis goes through it now. Like, you know, the, the 0708 team is quote unquote vacated, but in some ways it's made them more legendary. You know, like that, you know, the banner's gotten d- taken down. You know, no one, no one thinks about Louisville's national championship game in basketball as like, you know, like, do you ever think about that as a vacated title? I don't. No, I think about Rick Patino. Rick Patino <laughs> yeah. uh, busting his pants. But my in seven gut seconds. tells me they're not going to hammer Michigan, they're going to hammer Jim Harbaugh, not Michigan. Honestly, the only thing I think about when I look back on the 07-08 Memphis team is how long the shorts were. Yeah. Mm, yeah. And the amount of brand confusion. Like, Cal Perry would have a new, a new like, brand sponsor every year. Like, one year was Nike, one mm. year was Reebok. Then he did, I know. I think AI was well, with ba- Reebok. By the end is when they signed with Nike and signed with Nike well, essentially for this good, is the right other, at the tail end you of know the what's being era. left? What's being left out of the real playoff conversation, Cobb? Here you go. You can, here's a nice little content. Washington's first ever, not only playoff team, but championship game appearance. Mm. Well, they, the last time they won a national championship, it was by beating Michigan in the Rose Bowl in 19. 19- no, no, no. Washington is an Adidas school. We've not had an Adidas oh, school. Gotcha, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the only non-Nike schools were Notre Dame with mm. Under Armour and then Cincinnati with Under Armour, but they've never made a title game. Mm. Wow. Interesting. That, that's, that's the real stuff. Bad. Well, and then we get Michigan-Washington next year, too. A Big Ten yeah. game. Yeah, it's and it sounds like NBC's going to like luck into a, uh, a national championship game rematch. Because of the way amazing. this is all going to work teams, out. Though, I mean, they're going to be unrecognizable next season. Like Washington with Will Rogers, at quarterback, instead of Michael Penix. Uh, Michigan, I mean, who knows? They're not going to have Blake Quorum. I mean, what? Like, what's Michigan going to be they, next I mean, they, my gut tells me they're going to have a different head coach. Give me Sh- a Sharon Moore as the head coach. It's very possible. Yeah, that's that's going to be uh, that's going to be wild. What a, what a show for the Big Ten, though. Like this is the first year since the first year of the college football playoff that there is not an SEC team in the championship game, and both these teams are going to be in the Big Ten next season. So a little bit of a uh, of a power shift, power play here by the Big Ten to have both these teams. Well, that in actually, the title game. that leads me to my next question because I'm sitting there watching. I'm watching on, and I've watched a decent amount of Alabama this year. And I've been waiting for this Milrose scalp all year. 
But you know what else ties into your connection there? 2014 Alabama was quarterbacked by Blake Sims. Another guy that they moved from running back to quarterback. He cannot go. I, I'm sorry. Saban cannot have Milrow be his quarterback next year. Well, Who's he going to go get? A semi-competent offensive line would have solved a lot of the problems they had in the game the other day. I mean, he got sacked six times, and I'm not absolving Jalen Milrow of blame in that. But when you, you get no protection, your center can't snap the ball to you. Uh, he got cut today, like, by the way. We yeah, first, excuse me. We, he entered the transfer we had, portal. Cobb, we had our first ever waiver waiver wire in college football. Move over transfer portal. <laughs> McLaughlin. Well, he hasn't officially gone in the portal uh-huh. yet. Yeah, you know, we just he's planning to um, the center from Alabama. Um, well, and then at, you saw Ohio State is bringing in Will Howard to I mean, uh, for a visit. So that's this episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.